All right. Praise the Lord. Is this working? Okay. So the young shall grow. They are growing. Yesterday at the, at the um, AGM, we saw our young people. They now sit at the table. When we were, many years back, they were high school students. Kathleen was high school student. Megan was high school student. Many of them were high school students. But now they have grown at the table. And they are giving us five-star performance. Ray, top of the, top of the, top of the what? Yeah, performance. They were shining. They were articulate. That's, it should make you proud that your children are serving Jesus this way. The God be the glory. Yeah, let us pray. Precious Father, we just want to thank you again for the privilege we have to gather this morning to hear your word. The most important thing is what you have to say. I pray, Lord, that you help us to see it that way to ourselves and humble ourselves this morning. Because where right the word of God is being preached, the blessing is also manifesting. Blessed be thy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our topic, we want to conclude this one about the working out your salvation. That is part three, I think so. Working out your salvation, working out my salvation. Our text is Philippians 2.12. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Walk out your own salvation with fear and what? Trembling. He didn't say walk for it. He said walk it out. Make it come out. It's already there. So the book of Proverbs is teaching us some of the ways that we need to walk out our salvation. And remember that if you don't walk the things of God out, you won't experience them. I may repeat this because some people think this thing just happened, just you don't have to do it. The mind says anointed, come and sit, anointed, let anointing work. It doesn't work like that. I'm telling you, I keep saying this. You've got to learn to walk by faith. You have to walk it out yourself, or it will remain dormant there, and you're not going to experience it. God can occasionally his mercy walk by by the move of his spirit, which only him determines. But that's not the way he wants the just to live. He wants the just to live by what? By faith. So in the book of Proverbs, verse four, the two, chapter 4, verse 20. My child, pay attention to what I, I, what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. Verse 22. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. 23, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. 24, avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. 25, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. 26, mark out a straight path for your feet Stay on the safe path, 27. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. So the first one says, in verse 22, it says, it talks about finding the word. Finding the word. Looking for it and finding it. That's what our team is, to study. To study. It's about studying. It's about looking for it. And is it not surprising that God gives us the solution to life and we think it's not? God says, if you want to find life, do this. If you want to be healed, do this. Oh, no, God, is, I want anointing. God said, I told you how to do it. You can do it in your bedroom. You can do it. I brought it low. Everybody can get it. So he says, you, in verse 24, it says, for they, are, for they bring life to those now, only those who find them. And when you talk of finding, it means there's a searching. And they say it brings healing to their whole body too. To those who find them. 
to those who study, to those who look for it. You got to search it. There is no treasure on the surface of the earth. Every natural treasure, you dig for it. You dig for gold, dig for oil, you dig for every natural treasure, you dig for it. Spiritual treasure is even deeper. Jesus said, it's like a treasure. If you find it, you call your friends. So, first thing is, search for the scripture. Search the scripture. Colossians 3, 16. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your life. Teach and counsel, like we had Sunday school, it's a very wonderful place to be in on a Sunday morning, in Sunday school. And then the last sentence is a very awesome place to be in when you have the privilege. Anytime you have opportunity to study the word of God, avail yourself of it. I'm begging you. Oh, I value. Don't look down on that. Show God your word is more important to me than anything else. And God will show you his power. So he says, he says, he says, he says, feel your life. Teach. Teach. The word teach is there. It has to be taught. Teach. And counsel each other. Is it not what you do in the Sunday school? You teach. You counsel. That's what the Spirit of God said we do. Teach, counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives you. Sing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs to God with thankful heart, 17. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. In John 5, 39, you cite the scripture because you think they give you eternal life. You say, no. You cite the scripture because it leads you to Christ, who is the healer who gives life. You say the purpose of scripture is to reveal Christ. It's the spirit of Christ that does everything. If the spirit is not in it, it doesn't matter how eloquent, it doesn't matter how you arrange it, it doesn't even matter the number there. It's worth of time. For except the Lord, what? Builds it. The word reveals, leads you to Christ. Nothing is done without him. God has never done anything without him. The Bible says everything was created through him and by him and for him. And nothing was, was done that wasn't done through him. Still today, the same. So he says, you search the scripture because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. Because I'm the healer. I'm the healer. I'm the giver of life. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. You don't want to study the scriptures. You're not interested in it. Because you think you have something alternative. I've said it here. As long as you have plan B, you never have faith. You're not going to walk in faith. Forget about it. Because that your plan B is going to be pulling you and your mind will be between two opinions. Second Timothy 2.15. Study. What did he say to do? Study. To show thyself approved. Studying also involves teaching. God put in the church teachers. Teachers. You know there are two groups of gifts that God gave us. There's the gift of the Holy Spirit. There is the gift of Jesus that Jesus gave us. There's the gift that the Holy Spirit gave to the church. There's the gift that Jesus gave to the church. Read your Bible. The gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of Christ to the church. He said when he ascended on high, he gave gifts to me. Jesus, the head of the church, gave us apostles, prophets, teachers, all those five offices are the gifts that Jesus gave to the church. You see your Bible. You know, we teach only about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but there's a gift that Christ gave to the church. The teachers are there. Pastors are there. 
He said the reason he gave it to the church is to grow you, to make you mature. But if you know better than Jesus, you, you, you won't listen. What's he talking to you about? Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. Which means that's wrongly dividing it. And the devil will see to that. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Number two says to pay attention then to God's word, to listen. When we were doing couples room, I learned something very important. When we were teaching about listening, I really realized that I needed to wake up. You know, they're talking to you, you don't want to listen because you know what to say. You know, you cut in immediately because you are sure you know what you want to say. That, 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 that lesson, that time really humbled me. I told myself, you need to go back to the drawing board, my friend. Everything they're saying here catches you over. No escape. So listening is an art, and listening is very, very important. But listening is why many people are poor. To be a good listener will save your life. Because it, it, it prevents if I had known. If I had known. Listen to learn, not to fulfill all righteousness. Don't come to church because it's Sunday morning. You're just deceiving yourself. Because you, you won't get anything. You're not going to get anything. I'm not kidding. You're just God. You can't deceive God. You can't fool God. He knows everything. Come to church. The reason, one of the primary reasons you come to church is to learn. I'm telling you, it's in your Bible. He said, I gave this gift to teach you. He said, I gave you the shepherd of my choice who will give you knowledge. Because if you don't have knowledge, you will be ignorant. And my people are destroyed for what? God doesn't want that. All the faith you need to overcome sickness, overcome the devil, overcome sin, overcome the flesh, all the faith you need for your prayer to work comes by faith. All the faith comes by hearing. All of it comes by hearing. Not different way. Yesterday, somebody said, I should teach us this, you know, how, you know, we paid off our mortgage in four years or so, $2.2 million. So it's like, Pastor, how did it happen? It's a miracle. But the greater miracle, which I didn't even mention, is we got the loan without putting down anything. Try it in America. Go get loan $2.2 million without putting down anything. Get loan $2,000 without putting down anything. They gave it to us, no down payment. Zero. All of that comes by faith. All of it. If you, if, you, if you want to see the power of God in your life, develop your faith in the word of God. All things are possible to them that what? Believe, that's it. Develop your faith in the word of God. The, the spirit of God performs that word to those who believe it. So listening is very key because in listening, you develop your faith. Faith comes by what? Hearing. So hearing is about listening. Acts 16 verse 14. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God and as she listened to us, she, she wasn't the only one there. She wasn't the only one there. He said she was one of them. But this was the one that the Holy Spirit opened her. Yes, I recorded this for the church. Do you know that Jesus, the Bible said that Jesus was teaching and the power of God was present to heal them. They were not healed. Only one man who came and they put him on top of the roof and brought him down 
was the only one who was healed. All of them were there. The I've told you, if you think, think you say, anointing works, you just sit like you won't work. All of them were there. Read your Bible. The Bible says, and the power of God was present to heal them. To heal them. No, he was there. But he didn't heal them. He didn't heal them. The one that went through the roof, Jesus said, I've seen your feet. Rise up and go. That was the only one. The only one. A woman touched her. I said, who touched me? They said, sir. All the people are touched. They weren't healed. Only that woman that exercised faith in her. Of all the crap. You know, I will teach you what I know is truth. If you do whatever I like with it. So one of them was Lydia from Theatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth, who worshipped God. As she listened to us, the spirit opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. Faith came by revelation. Faith came. The spirit opened her eyes of understanding. And without Paul, then Paul was saying, opened up, to, she saw the truth. She accepted it. It's not everything you quote from Bible you believe. And it's not everything you quote you even understand. Number two, he said, number three, he said, don't lose sight of the word of God. So, that's verse 21. Say, so meditate on, on them day and night. When you meditate on them, you keep them in view. Because we forget easily. You keep them in view. And people wonder, it's not working for me. Do you know why people troop around? The world is not working for them. If it's working for you, you're not going anywhere. Because you found the answer. You found the solution. Can I hear amen? You found the answer. To keep it in view, to keep it in view, to keep it before your eyes because out of sight is what? It goes away. And you need it there for it to work. So the Bible says, keep it in view. How do you do that? Look at it. Meditate on it. Day by meditating on it, keep it in view. Now, let me tell us the truth. You know we meditate all the time. But you know what we meditate on? Negative things. <laughs> My son, Hugo, we are having family fellowship. He said, Daddy, so why is it that we humans always like to meditate on negative things, evil things? How come we tilt that way? I say, You're right. You're right. The heart of mind is desperately what? It naturally goes to. You know, all the good things you do for somebody, if you do one, 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 that is not good. That's the one she, the person will remember. For the law, all that good thing you did. Human beings are wired that way unless they renew their minds and get transformed. Their heart needs to be transformed. Otherwise, they think evil. The Bible says he is desperately thinking evil. That's, that's human. Not, that's a renewed mind for you. So we need to make effort to Bring the good of God's word in our face. Because there are a lot of things that want us to listen to them. And they are very interesting. Psalm 1, verse 1. I'm reading the ERV. That is easy to read version. Psalm 1, verse 1. Great blessings belong to those who don't listen to evil advice. Who don't live like sinners. And who don't join those who make fun of God? Verse 2, instead, they love the Lord's teachings and think about them day and night. They put their mind on it day and night. Verse 3, so they grow strong. Like a tree planted by a stream, a tree that produces fruit. When it should, when it should and has leaves that never fall. Everything they do is successful. It, I mean, it's surprising. God is telling us how to succeed. 
So if you do this, you, everything you do succeed. Psalm 1 verse 2, see how message put that verse 2. It says, instead, it, you are a tree planted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month, never dropping a leaf, always in blossom. So we must not forget. Can't be forgetful here. The Bible says, he said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Which, where is that one? Where is it? So one or three. It, does it look like an option? That's the only option. He says, forget not all his benefits. That's the only option. James 1.25, but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, he be not, he be not a forgetful hearer. He be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. You couldn't be a doer if you are forgetful. You won't be a doer. Because how can you be doing what you have forgotten? You won't be a doer. You resort to your mind and resort to. That's why people don't change. I pastored many years ago. I pastored congregations and people. That's why people don't change. Do you know why? Let, let me tell you. You know why I came into grace? Was in this church when we were at 170. I went to God. I said, I'm done pastoring. I said, I've finished. I said, I'm a pharmacist. I'm going back to work. I said, this is not working. I said, people are not changing. I said, I don't want to deceive myself. I said, I don't want to deceive. I said, I'm done. I told God, I said, I'm not passionate anymore. I'm done. So I'm finished. I said, I said, people are not changing. I said, all I see is people, you know, forms of godliness. It's just forms of godliness. Even in my life. Even in my own life. I said, it's forms of godliness. There's no power. That I can't see, Lord, I'm not seeing anything. I went to 40 days, I shot God. I said, I'm not walking again. I'm done. I said, I said, Lord, I'm a pharmacist. I have my license. I go back to work. I'm done. He said to me, he said, You know your problem. I'm not preaching my word. He said, What? Not preaching. What have I been doing? No, he said, you're not preaching my son Jesus. He's the word. I said, really? I said, okay, I'm going to preach Jesus. So I jumped out, out of my zeal. That, that Sunday I preached Jesus. I didn't last a psalm. I didn't last one psalm. Because all I was saying is he saved us from sin. That's all I knew. And when I came back, I said, Lord, I'm frustrated. He said, I wanted you to find out you don't know him. I said, I don't know him for sure. He said, then I will reveal him to you. He said, Paul preached Christ, not out of human knowledge. I had to reveal my son to him. He said, go read the book of Romans. Let me start teaching you from righteousness. He is your righteousness. He is your sanctification. He is your wisdom. He is your life. These things will not be told when we got saved. Or we are told you are he saved us from sin. That's all. And my eyes began to pop open. He began to show me that it's grace. All you need is my grace. And all that grace is manifested in Christ. And I began to teach it. The first person who opposed me is from my house. I said, this thing. I said, God, I have a problem <laughs> right here. <laughs> Who will save me from? It wasn't long. My wife came and said, He said, honey, you know that thing you're preaching is true. I said, oh. Many of you were sitting here, you were doubting me. I knew it. You don't have to tell me. I knew it. You thought it was not true. But God began to open. Am I lying here? Come on, talk to me now. He came to where I was preaching. He, he wanted to walk out. He took his Bible to walk out. He said, hey, my brother, this is my brother, my blood relation. God spoke to him directly. He said, go back there. I sent that man and go and listen to him. He's here, life. If I'm lying, he will tell you. God spoke to him. He said, go back there. What he's teaching is true. So he came back and said, except God, huh, except God reveals his love to you, there is no way you will know it. 
a passage human understanding. You, you, you'll be wondering what they're talking about. It's amazing grace. Amazing. Um, purely amazing. God is love. Hi. Amen. So if you forget, you won't do. There's this man who forgot. Matthew 12, 43. Am I communicating to you? Matthew 12, 43. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, findeth none. Verse 44. Then he said, I will return into my house from whence I came. And when he is come, he findeth it empty. And the man has no one in him. He's been healed. He's been healed, though. Maybe God did something. But it's empty. The devil came and said, Woohoo, it's empty. So the Bible says he went and got seven more spirits, more dangerous than himself, and came and said, We are staying here. He is empty. We read it. Let the word up about Christ feel what? Feel your heart. God knows what he's saying. Because that's an enemy who's checking you out all the time. Then he said, let this word penetrate your heart. Is it heart or heart? Which one is it? Heart. Heart? Prince, you don't know better than me. You are teaching me. Look at my Prince. But Prince is teaching me how to pronounce heart. He says heart. <laughs> Prince came here from village. Broke up. Have you seen this? He said heart. Want me to chew my tongue? Let it penetrate your what? Your heart. This America I came. <laughs> I would have been better in the Ecuador, they would understand. <laughs> Let it penetrate where? Your heart. Quit means it has to be engrafted. Brethren, when the Holy Spirit is talking to you, pay attention closely. It will save your life. Hey, stop all this, you know, God talked to me. This scripture, there is nothing more powerful, more anointed than sitting with the Bible and studying it with the Holy Spirit. Nothing in this world. Nothing. I don't care what they fall down three times. But it, nothing is more anointed than Scripture. This word is God. Nothing. You carry this word and you and the Holy Spirit is teaching you, you can have a better fellowship than it. Nothing. Don't let anybody deceive you. Nothing. Jesus said, Mary had chosen one thing that is what? Needful. That's it. Ah, that's it. I'm telling you. So it has to be engrafted. It has to be written. God wrote the law on stone. God is writing the law on your spirit, in your heart. He said, I will write it. I will write it. I'm writing it in your heart. That's what it means. My word, I will inscribe it. I will engraft it. I will carve it. I will carve it in your heart. James 1, verse 21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of nothingness, all this prideful attitude. All these things that hinder us. My friend, keep it aside. And receive with meekness because you are before the Almighty. Receive with meekness the engrafted word. Engrafted. God is writing something. He said, You are the epistle written, not with the hands of men. God is writing something for men to read. It's the mystery of God. Because I'm writing something. And I want men to see you and read my hand what? Write. Explain it. <laughs> Say we know too much. I explain it. But it's true. Absolutely true. 
Second Peter 1.19. And so, we have been given this, the prophetic word, the written message of the prophets, made more reliable now and fully validated by the confirming voice of God on the Mount of Transfiguration so that nobody is in doubt as to who Christ was. God said, this is my what? Beloved son in whom... So nobody doubts whether it's him. God said, that's him. That's him. And he says, we are the witnesses of this things, And we want to also let you know that this written word was inspired by the spirit that witnessed about Christ. And this written word you see, say you do well to study it until it penetrates your heart. That's what Peter is saying. Let me read it. Second Peter 1.19. And so we have been given the prophetic word, the written message of the prophets, made more reliable and fully validated by the confirming voice of God on the Mount of Transfiguration. And you will continue to do well if you stay focused on it. For this prophetic message is like a piercing light shining in a gloomy place until, shining in a gloomy place until the dawning of a new day when the morning star rises in your heart. There is gloom in every heart. There is ungodliness in every heart. Those are the things that are not in line with the word of God. God uses his word to prepare you for anything. Prepare. That's gloom. Sometimes discouragement. Sometimes you don't see it. Sometimes you're wondering. It's all coming from gloom. It's all coming from gloom. It's all coming from gloom. Because there are a lot of things we have believed a lot of things we are still believing. A lot of things we think is true. But it's not right. It's not true. So the Bible calls it gloom. It's right there. But they say you do well for yourself to study until this word, it says, pierces like light. It has to go through that. All that hindrance in your heart. It's what is hindering you from having that revelation. But God is relentlessly, relentlessly saying, my son, keep going, man. Keep meditating. Keep. You do well. Come on. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. You may see anything. He said, keep going. When it pierces through, the entrance of the world brings what? Light and understand. That light shines in darkness and darkness, if it's healing, it manifests. Whatever it is, you see the manifestation. But you have to let it continue. It has to be written, written, written. Sometimes God starts doing a miracle in your life, but you don't consummate it. That's true, because you don't, you don't get it to the end. You take your mind off the world that started it, and you see nothing. Absolutely. God can start something by you sitting here hearing some word, and the thing has started. But somewhere along the line, the enemy distracted it. And you forgot this word that God has sent to you to heal you and to deliver you. That's why I say forgetful hearers, they don't get blessed. Mark 4, 16. The seed on this rock, rocky soil, represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep root, see, they didn't go deep. It didn't go in. It didn't go deep. It didn't go in. And the Bible is teaching us how to get it go in. Meditate on it day. It says you do well to focus on it. Put your eyes on it. Don't let it depart. Focus. Meditate. Keep doing it. You won't see anything, but keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who had hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems. They, they say it's not working. <laughs> the enemy is sitting them back. They say, he's a pastor. Hey, pastor, it's not working. Why should you work when you're confessing it's not working? 
Already your confession is finishing you. <laughs> it's what you believe. It's not working. So I look at people and say, it's not working. So why did you come to me? It won't work. Because as you believe, so it shall be for you. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They, shall, they fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Do you know the devil will persecute you for believing it? He wants you to drop it. He will persecute. He will, make, he will block it. He will do everything to make you think it's not working. But if you know his, his tricks, you will stay with it. Laugh him to scorn. Give him a real sound pity by insisting that this is true. This is yeah, this is uh, amen. Focus on it. So he says to God, your heart. It determines what comes out. Yeah, the word in the heart, the word in the heart has to be protected now. So he says we should cast down imaginations and pictures. Because one of the ways the enemy fights us back is to give you pictures of failure give you pictures, even show you things happening around you that are contrary to the word of God. He does it all the time. He will show you things around you. You are confessing the word, you are spreading the word, but he show you things around you. I'm the one doing all of that to stop you. So he'll show you. And then there's internet, there is, a, there is how many of them out there? There's Google, I don't know which Google is which one. Google, internet. <laughs> there is all manner of things out there. Phone. I told somebody, I said, all these young boys on the phone, don't worry about them. The day they marry and start changing diapers, they will stop that phone. <laughs> the first time they pay mortgage, they will not go to that phone. Either. I said, they are going there because that's their mommy. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is, there are a lot of pictures that the devil will send to your heart. And he does that. In 2 Corinthians 10, 5, casting down imaginations, the every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, they exalted themselves against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity many thought, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Have you ever noticed occasionally your sight? Ah. Have you done that before? Why are you doing that? Because you are watching a full picture. That's why you sighed. You sighed because you are seeing something that. You are watching something. Proverbs 23 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so you see. Then our Lord Jesus taught similar lesson on the purity of the heart too. Because these are the things that block revelation. Purity of the heart. In Mark, um, Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. They will receive revelation pure in heart. Because all those gloom and all those junk in the heart, they block you. They do. They do block you. So, he said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see who? See God. So in Mark eleven twenty three, this is our Lord Jesus. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say. No. No, I put the wrong, the wrong scripture there. Um, yeah, Mark, Matthew 5, 28. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, had what? Had what? I want to hear you. Had what? Committed adultery with her already in his heart. Jesus is teaching us something deep here. That the heart all those activities of the heart are real. He says, if you look at her and you desire her, you have already, as far as heaven is concerned, you've committed adultery already. 
And they know that's where we are ourselves because nobody sees there. Because nobody sees there, that's why we do whatever we like to do. Resentment is there, bitterness is there, unforgiveness is there, gossip is there. The, Jesus said, out of the heart of man comes all this iniquity. It's called secrecy. Seen in the privacy of your heart. Because when you come to church, you dress well, you are gingy. But in your heart, God knows you are not gingy. Jesus said, we watch your heart. And he says, blessed are the pure in heart. People who are sincere about walking with God must take note of their hearts and realize that you don't have to allow all types of thoughts running around there. You don't have to. Hatred is there. Bitterness is there. Let me read it again in Matthew 5. It blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So we need to purify our hearts with the word of God again. We need to. It's very important. Talking about the heart. He said, guard your heart with all diligence. Don't let evil get in there and purge the evil that is there out so that you live in the blessedness of the kingdom. You know that doubt and unbelief, all of them come from the heart. Mark eleven twenty three. 23. I mean, Roman 10, 8, sorry. But what said it? The word is thee, even in their mouth and in their heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Nine, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart a man believes. Faith is of the heart, doubt is of the heart. Faith is of the heart, doubt is of the heart. All of them come from there. Then the other, the other thing I want to talk to us about is where are you looking? Because in verse 25, he said to look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Am I communicating to you? Where are you looking? In Hebrews 12, 2, it says to look away from all that will distract you from Jesus. And there are a lot of them. Who is the leader and the source of our faith? Giving the first incentive for our belief, and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of, of the throne of God. He said, Look at Jesus, that all these things they tried to do to distract him. He didn't look at them. He didn't look at them. Because they will try to distract you and I too. I'm telling you, they will try. I, I went to the village once. And then our neighbor came and said, This land is my own. And then my brothers were like, I said, You want? He said, I said, Which one? He said, This one. I said, Take it. I said, Everybody here, don't bother this one. I bless you. Take it. Anything you want. Take it. Don't bother him. Take anything. I said, we're not taking this into heaven. Take it. And we got to the house. My brother said, brother, me, you should take it. I said, are you going to heaven with it? I said, we came to this earth with what? I should have cried for it. Most important thing to me is Jesus. He's my all our land. Take it. Because the enemy has set a trap. He talked to me. I talked to him. Talk to him. <laughs> and I live there with bitterness and anger. It's not worth it at all. Actually, the Lord taught me that because they, they came to take my whole land, devil. My whole land, after my father died. 
So they call me from the village. They were pastoring the church. We just started planting churches. I said, they called me. They said, hey, you need to come. So I was preparing to go. I had the Lord. He said, do you want me to fight or you want to fight? I said, no, I'm not fighting. They said, you unpack that and sit down and go and do the work according to it. The enemy is trying to distract me. I unpacked everything. I didn't answer them anymore. Like I did. Until one day I went to my uncle come and said, come. He said, you see that land? I fought for you. I said, eh, eh. I said, what happened? He said, they came here with bag of rice, with this carton of this. They came to beg. They said, you see that land? We are no more interested. We don't want to touch it again. See, something is happening to all of us. <laughs> so my uncle said, say, why see? I, you know, I got it for you. I said, uncle, wow. Ah. I've learned one thing in this life. If you let God be God, God will always be God. There's no need to fighting, quarreling. I don't know why we engage in these things. We're fighting. What for? If you let God be God, if you let God be God and do what he said to do, he will do the one he said he would. Love your enemies. Pray. Do what he told. That's all he you see what, what I told you? Play your role. Eat the role. He said, vengeance is what? Why, why do you go on to vengeance? Is it your ministry? I've never seen, I don't understand what. Jesus said, come, give me all your bodies. I will give you what? Rest. <laughs> my wife says, so my husband, anywhere you put your head, you sleep off. I said, why shouldn't I? Praise the Lord. I don't know how many of you are still fighting with your wife or your husband. All you need to do is to love them. The reason they are doing that is that they don't know what you know. God told me one time, he said, you should go and beg your neighbor. <laughs> go to the school where your son went to school. Go and beg the teachers. I said, Lord, why? He said, because you know more than they do. So you are the one I will hold what? Responsible. To whom much is given, he said, I've taught you a lot. Get out of your pride and go to that school and beg all of them. Go and beg them. Beg them. I went. I started begging them. Begging them. And so once you start begging them, their shoulders go. I was begging them. But when I finished, I left there so happy. It was like joy. And I went to my neighbor, begging. He said, yeah, it's okay. Real story. Like I was. <laughs> but joy. But today, that's victory. The exercise machine that I put down there, don't go to use it to it for me, was given to me that by that very neighbor I'm talking about. He would see me one mile, he would say, Pastor, Pastor. You are looking at me, do the same thing to your wife and your husband. Can we say amen? Uh -uh, I want a bigger one. Amen. <laughs> Who is your enemy? They are not your enemies. You have only one enemy, the devil. Did Jesus say forgive them? They don't know. They don't know what they are doing. If you know what they are doing, you shouldn't act like that. You should love them and be a fool. God is looking for people with the heart of a child. He doesn't want adults. Adults think too much. They know too much. Children don't think at all. Praise the Lord. So where are you looking? Look away from all that distracts, all that distraction. Give it up. You see why the devil got Eve was where she looked. Genesis 3.6 And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes. He saw. Solomon said, whatever my eye saw, I what? <laughs> my eye desire. And then he got a strange woman with that, an idolater, and they brought it, demons into his house. Because he was watching whatever his heart desires, his eyes saw. Eve saw. When the woman saw. Hey, watch it. Before you, you are seeing, you know, 
I'm not kidding. You are seeing the evil they are doing. You are looking at what they did to you. You are looking at what they did to you. But they are not looking at what you did to Jesus. Every time we do these things, we are seeing something. And guess who is magnifying it? Have you ever come into your house and you're angry against your wife? No reason. She hasn't said anything. How many of you have done that before? Don't lie. She hasn't said anything, but you're angry. Because, because why, why you are coming, you are seeing what she did before. There's only one person who has said, yeah, fast. You show you something, you seen it. And you come in already angry. But all the pepper soup we are eating, we'll see. See that. Brethren, it is important where you look. I am telling you the truth. So Abraham refused to look at his body. Because if he did, who have it? He refused. 100 years, he said, I'm not looking. The Bible says he refused. And let me talk about Jacob's sheep. Maybe I'll stop with Jacob's sheep. Next Sunday we'll continue. Jacob, in Genesis 30, 25, soon after Rachel had given birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, please release me so I can go home to my own country. Let me take my wives and children for I have earned them by serving you and let me be on my way you certainly know how hard I've worked for you. 27. Please listen to me. Laban replied, I have become worthy for the Lord, for the Lord has blessed me because of you. Tell me how much I owe you. Whatever it is, I will pay it. 29. Jacob replied, You know how hard I have worked for you and how your flocks and herds have grown under my care. What verse is that? Verse what? Yeah. Jacob replied, you know how hard I have worked for you and how your flocks and herds have grown under my care. You had little indeed before I came, but your wealth has increased enormously. The Lord has blessed you through everything I've done. But now, what about me? When can I start providing for my own family? What wages do you want? Laban asked again. Jacob replied, don't give me anything. Just do this one thing from you. And I will continue to tend. Watch over your flocks. 32. Let me inspect the flocks today. And remove all the sheep and goods that are speckled or spotted. Along with all the black sheep. That is speckled. Speckled. What is speckled? Eh? Okay, and spotted and the black ones. He said, Eight, all of them will now be mine from your sheep as I serve you. He said, and then in the future, when you check on the animals you have given me as my wages, you will see that I have been honest. If you find in my flock any goods without speckles or spots or any sheep that are not black, you will know that I have stolen them from you. 34. All right, Laban replied. It will be as you said. But that very day, Laban went out and removed the male goods <laughs> that were strict and spotted, all the female goods that were speckled and spotted, or had white patches, and all the black sheep. He placed them in the care of his own sons who took them a three-day journey from where Jacob was. Meanwhile, Jacob stayed and cared for the rest of Laban's flock. Are you following the story? Now verse 37. Then Jacob took some fresh branches from polar almond and plain trees and peeled off stripes, strips of bark. He peeled off what? Strips. Strips. You know what strips mean? Yeah. Peeled off strips of bark. Making white streaks. You know what streaks means? Stripes. The word streak 
is also stripes. Who was on the tree? Who was beaten with stripes? He made streaks. And the word similar to streaks is stripes. Let's keep reading. He peeled off part strips of bark, making white streaks, streaks of them. Then he placed these peeled branches in the watering trough where the flocks of God come to drink the word of God. For that was where they met it. That was where there's intimacy with God, 39. And when they met it in front of the white strict branches, they gave birth to young that were strict, speckled, and spotted. Jacob separated those lambs from Laban's flock, and at the meeting time, he turned the flock to face Laban's animals that were now strict or black. This is how he built his own flock instead of increasing levels. Do you know that this talks about the cross? Every time you see the Old Testament talking about tree and this is representing the tree that will carry the Son of God. Cost is he that hang it on the what? The tree. So this man took tree, made streaks and streaks represent stripes. And he says when the sheep, we are the sheep of his pasture. When the sheep come to drink, Jesus said, come and drink. Whoever thirsts, let him come and what? Drink. We will come and share the manner, his word, and we have intimacy, and we look unto him. We produce his type. Produce his type. Praise the Lord. Second Corinthians 3.18. So all of us who have had that very removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the, and the Lord who is that spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image as we see. Where you look matters. If you see evil, you become evil. If you see pornography, you act pornography. If you see fearful things, you act fearful. If you see Christ, you act fit. Look unto me, all you ends of the earth, and be ye saved. Where were we told to look? Look unto Jesus. Striped, polar bear, the sheep come. And they drink of the living water. And they look unto him who was hung on the tree. And they are saved. Don't look anywhere else. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. I want you to talk to God yourself. I don't know what you had. I don't know what the Spirit of God is talking to you about. Where are you looking? Are you looking to human beings? Are you looking to he that was hung on the tree? Stripes. By his stripes. He had stripes on him. He had stripes on him. The sheep come to the, to the watering trough. They look at him. And his life is reproduced in them. Victory is reproduced in them. Everything the enemy has stolen and taken away that Laban took away, they come back to you. All of them come back to you. All of them. Laban took away this, took away that, but Jacob got it back by looking. Looking. Healing comes by looking. Victory by looking. Because he is the author and finisher of our feet.
Our precious Father, we just want to thank you again for the word you've given us. Every time you send your word, you send it to heal us, you send it to deliver us. You send it to build our faith for victory, for glory. You send it to renew our mind, to purge our heart of the gloom that blocks us so that we live the life of glory so that we live the life of victory so that we live the life of the kingdom for our own benefit thank you for doing it again this morning to you be all that glory in Jesus name we pray Amen